And we're live from the rest, special guest, the one, the only, Mr. Simon in the house. Simon, I want to do the introduction, but I want you to introduce yourself because I know you have traditional ways of introducing, and I think that's pretty powerful to hear. So how do you introduce yourself, sir? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me here in your area. Um, yeah. Um, I'm from originally from Clagato, Arizona, and um, my name is Simon R. Jones, which is given to me by uh, my mother and my father, who are the Black Street clan and Water Edge, and that's how I carry myself. Um, So yeah. That's cool, man. It's always like hearing that, like when you go to conferences, uh, powwows, you know, just, there's a lot of natives, different areas. I think especially in those areas, it's so powerful to hear people introduce themselves traditional ways because it does tell so much. It tells where they're from, their clan, all of these different things, their families. And, and it's cool because I've seen people connect like they didn't know each other. Uh, I was at a, uh, a gathering here in San Diego and there was two people from the same uh, clan or area or something. They were relatives and they didn't know each other. But one introduced themselves and the other one introduced themselves. And then later on, they came up and met, and I was talking to both, I happened to know both of them myself, and they were like, yeah, we didn't know each other, but we're relatives. And they were saying that, um, and it's funny, because he was an elder, and she was younger, and she would say, well, I'm technically like his aunt. Like, <laughs> if we go back to the, the you know, the structure of it, we're like, I'm like his aunt. And I'm like, well, that's crazy, she was real young, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get that all the time, especially with the amount of energy put out there when mm-hmm. I travel the whole area of Spritzum, the whole U.S. Yeah. All the people I meet across this land, like, I have clenchets with all of them. So okay. it's, like, um, a great thing. At the same time, like, it reminds you of yourself, like, where you belong. So in one way, we're all related, you know, especially with the being Diné, you know, like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like, yeah. when you're mom Diné. and dad got it all good. So when it comes to the clanship, you know, it really does draw back from where you come from. That, that's powerful because you guys are a big nation dude you guys are huge so you gotta kind of i mean break it up i guess it's huh? huge but at the same time like a lot of um a lot of people i've met like they're all in my clanship okay so i guess you know i think that's a great thing you know mm-hmm. but who do i get married to yeah, that's it. That's always the drawback, you know. Yeah, like, oh uh, yeah. So I think that's uh, something that's very important as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, to this day, like, I love it because my my parents are the rock to who I am today. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. You know, and you're right. That is like the hard part. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people have to kind of deal with that. They wanna they wanna go find themselves a native out there and stuff. But if you don't Especially if you don't travel and you live in your own area, you start looking around your res and it's like, oh, that's my grandma's, mm-hmm. you know, cousin's grandkid. I can't hook up with them. That's my cousin on my dad's side. That's my, you know, yeah. or you grow up with these guys and they may not be really blood cousins, but they feel like cousins and you don't want to mess with that. And yeah, and it's like, you know, <laughs> same time, it's better to know than not know. You don't want to hook up with someone and go, you know, you're looking at the yeah, family it's, tree. Especially you know? when it comes... The palm tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially when it comes to um, being Diné, you know, it's it's something that you actually really have to look into, you know. Mm-hmm. And 
you don't want to get married to your cousin or your aunt or your uncle, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's highly important, you know? You don't want to be more than one meme. You know, they have the meme about the aunties and the uncles. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, you know, hide your aunties, That's uncles. Where it comes from. That's where it yeah. Comes from. <laughs> you don't want to be that. And then they yeah. have the other memes about the cousins. You can't be cousin with the aunt or uncle. That's too much meme work. Yeah. If, too, yeah. if that were to happen, there'd be drawback to that, you know? Oh, yeah. Missing yeah. a chromosome for one, but. <laughs> or DNA or. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> now, you want to grow families, right? You want to bring people together. You want to. Yeah. You don't want to just be your same people in the same box, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we have that out here. Uh, we used to have that very strong, our clans. And sometimes there are people kind of I start to identify with that, you know, right, instead of right. saying this is what res I'm from, this is what family I am, because I hear in San Diego, we have more reservations than any other county in the United States. Right. Uh, and so, you know, like if you go to where you're from, the largest reservation, right, in the United States, you come over to San Diego, we have the smallest reservation. But all of San Diego County is one nation. And we're broken up, you know, a little yeah. differently in dialects. But we have all of these reservations and it's easy for someone to say, well, I identify with this reservation. This is my tribe. This is my group. But in reality, in San Diego County, it's like we're all, for the most part, all one nation. Right. And so you might have cousins on this reservation, cousins on that reservation, cousins. So for me, it's it's better to know who your family is more than what res yeah. you're from. Because you might go to another res and, and they might be your family. At the same time, somebody on my own reservation may not be my family at all. Right. And so it's important to know that. And so... We used to like uh, have those clans and identify like that. And as the language kind of started to slip um, and go away, people started to just kind of simply um, refer to, you know, I'm so-and-so's grandma or, or it's my grandma, grandparents, grandparents. I'm from this res, I'm right. from that. And so all the old timers in our area would still kind of ask like, you know, who's your grandparents, you know? And, and you still have to get checked off. I have teenage kids yeah. and it's always like, <laughs> I know the question is like, well, are we related to those yeah, guys? It, you know? That question comes about if if your son were to get married. Right. You want to know where that bloodline comes from because you don't want to be giving your son off or daughter off to you're related to someone. So, yeah. Yeah. So it does happen. But, you know, at the same time, like, it, I think, you know, today's like that. That is really important. Oh, absolutely. You know? And maybe at one point that is not passed on because there's just so much involved with the family but at the same time it, it's it's a good thing to know you know, like um where you come from and your bloodline and your 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 relatives and who your parents are and like my clanship as well as the way you carry yourself too so mm-hmm. yeah it goes both ways that was, and the population's grown so much too like yeah. you might meet somebody out in town and they might be your relative i know for your your people I've been, I mean, it seems like any Indian organization you go, mm-hmm. you, you find a Diné or Navajo, you know, they're there. Somebody's part or from that nation. Go to any college is one, yeah. you know, it's like, like our res, my neighbor, um, she's, she's, you know, her mom's Navajo, you know. And so we have some in my res, we have some in, you know, our nation. We have a bunch, you know, that right, have been right. married in and whatnot. So, you know, you, you could go to any nation in, in the United States probably and find a Navajo person, I bet. You know, uh, so you got to be careful. I will tell you. Have you true. checked? I bet you've checked. Uh. I, I'll tell you a true story. When I was living in New York City, mm-hmm. I thought I was the only native <laughs> Diné brother in New York City. But come to find out, there's tons out there. I bet, man. There's so many people yeah. there. Yeah. I was like, man, I can't go anywhere without being um, recognized with being Diné. Uh-huh. Every time I get that notion, it was like, 
man, you guys are everywhere. Yeah, I always make that joke. Yeah, <laughs> like you guys are everywhere. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, because we're we're from this land, you know, you know, we, and it's where we recognize ourselves, you know, like, mm -hmm. for example, when I was living in the Bronx, you know, like, I have a friend that was very intrigued that we are still here. Yeah. He thought we were still living in teepees, for example. Yeah. I was like, no, we're not. But he's like, well. And I, I made a joke at one time. like, yeah, this is my home. And I showed him a picture of a standing rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, no way. He was so upset. He's like, welcome in college and school. They didn't teach me this. Yeah. Because in the textbook form and um, classes, he was told that we're, we don't no longer exist, you know? So I was like, oh, wow. So it was a big deal. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, we're, we're great friends. Yeah, you know, in a setting like New York, so many people from all over the planet, and those of you who've never been in New York, you feel, I mean, it's, it's a real, um, the demographics, there's a lot of, uh, yeah. like, uh, African people, they're African, uh, um, and the people from Middle East, and people from, but they're, they're from, like, they're literally from those parts of the world, though, a lot the of them. small islands. Yeah, yeah, the islands, and things yeah. like, very diverse, you know, and yeah. so you see a, a person that's I mean, we our have that color. Here. We have that here you know? in San Diego on University Heights. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have a, de a definitely I mean, big, diverse you population. you put uh, University Heights into New York City, that's basically what you will get. Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So when it comes to culture and... So you really, but you really don't know where anybody's from. They might be from here or there, or, yeah, or they might be native. And I think people would go, that would probably last on their mind to think like, whoa, this is a Native American from... You know a tribe and then they all they do know is from the movies or something i mean funny fact about that is that um they all look alike yeah 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 that's the that process but right? when it comes to um speaking english you know it's you can tell the that uh what's the word the dialectual the, difference the, yes. <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah yeah it comes out in the tongue a lot of times you can hear yeah. it and you're like oh okay and there and there you have that mentality of like Oh man, these guys, this person is from this country, so and so. So that's where your knowledge comes in that you have to be familiarized with where they come from. Absolutely. And if you don't have that ability, then everybody will judge you. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, oh, how, how, how is it I don't know that versus that you know it? Sure. Uh, kind of like a direct thing, you know? So. When I met you, um, we were getting ready. I was uh, going to go do a run for the longest walk. And we're, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go run. I took my family. Really, we were going to go walk it. And then I was going to drive a van. And then I wound up being in the back of the van with running shoes on, about to go run. I was like, well, we're really going to do this. You were there actually ready to run. My daughter was there ready to run. I was there ready to cheer. But um, but you've talked about being in New York and traveling around and having clans all over. I know a lot of that's been through your running. So I'm curious, how, how did you get started running? How did that all, have you always ran since you are a little kid? Or? I think, um, referring back to what yeah. you're asking, it draws back to who we really are. Okay. You know, before even um, we have trains, before we have vehicles, mm -hmm. and, you know, we've always traveled abroad, you know? Yeah. Foot. But um, I uh, I started running when I was like, in high school. Okay. Yeah. I remember going to a uh, consequential practice and I had these uh, basketball shoes. And my uncle showed up and he was like, you know what? You can't run those basketball shoes. So I'm going to give you some running shoes. 
So I I owe it to him too. You know, he's the one that had um, understanding that I had the capability of running. So it was nice. And then uh, from there, you just kind of like from there, competed and, or you just... yeah, from from there I started running and actually it really got me out of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up on the reservation, not knowing everything, what's going on in my community, it showed me a direction. And if it wasn't for sports or excelling, uh, I probably would say I wouldn't be the person that I am today, you know? Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know, like I'm grateful for that matter. And especially growing on the reservation, you know, everyone is either misdirected, misguided, or uneducated. But at the time, like, I had to do that in order to get away from my homeland. Yeah. So I excel in school and sports, and I got a full scholarship. Thankfully, that that was the nice part of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Opportunity comes from it. You're right. It's survival mode, though, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a way to survive. When I look back on it, I was like, oh, man, how am I going to survive? Either I'm going to be... It's funny because every time I go home, I had to put that survival mode on because uh-huh. I'm there to help my people. And at the same time, like, I would have been there myself. Uh-huh. And that's where a lot of my outreach is coming from. Like, you know, the coat drive. Thank yeah. you for that. Absolutely. Um, and the feeding of the people, you know, there, there's a sense of there's no hope. For our people, but at the same time, like if there's at least a little bit, then there's a possibility of having that um, joy and that there's someone there that will actually does care, you know. Yeah. So and therefore, you know, I I do what I do for that reason because I was given opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I I would have been one of those persons that was been on the street. And you know that's that's something that I think in my area there's a lot of um it's hard to believe that natives still are living so rough existences in different parts of the country, you know, and in Canada and down in Mexico and things like mm-hmm. some of our people really are living and still in the destitute of all that generational trauma that we're healing yeah. from out here. We saw a lot of brutality on the on the western coast with the gold rush and the mission era and you know the americanization coming in and we saw a lot of brutality, a lot of others massacres up and down the coastline whole tribes knocked down all that and then we kind of assimilated it quite a bit and then we've been coming out of you know um, poverty with economic developments up and down the coast and tourism and in the last 25 years a lot of our tribes have done very well where we have seen here in the west coast san diego especially we're flourishing as a people a lot of us you know a lot of our tribes are doing well but still you go to the center of the country where tourism isn't such a big deal where their natural resources were stolen from them and yeah. there's not a lot of economic development more importantly there's not a lot of economic opportunity for a lot of our people so even if they did want to do good it's like you know, want to get a job well you're gonna to have to drive hours to go to a, to a yeah. place to work i remember and, like driving two hours to get to work and then driving two hours after a nine hour shift you know like it was but you know what we didn't pay rent so <laughs> yeah i mean san diego rent will make you want to drive three hours you know i'll drive three hours I mean, that <laughs> sounds kind of cliche, but, yeah. 
you know, as we were able to good work and you know, same time there was no rant or you know. Yeah. It, it was all about at the same time, like you said, survival mode and just you know, putting what you had what you had to get, you know? And that was like almost a five hour commute just That's crazy. to go and back from work. Yeah. That's how rural our nation is right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking on terms of trying to survive. Yeah. You know, I remember my mother and my father having to drive three hours to work and not being with us because of work reasons, you know? Yeah. Just to support, to support us, you know? That's something people don't think about. Like, here being on the borderline, uh, I've come across a lot of families that they live down in Mexico because they can afford a place down there. Yeah. And they drive up here to work and they drive back down, but... It's like they leave super early in the morning to get through the border, go to work, and then drive. They go back super late, kind of, re- and then repeat, you know. I mean, and it's like time away from family in the car. It's time away from their family yeah. and their kids. And it's not like they're all goofing off. They're trying to make money to pay, you yeah. know, to feed everybody essentially and yeah, survive. I mean, That's rough, man. Waking them at two a.m. in the morning and crossing the border by five just to be on time for work is redundantly something that you people don't realize that. It's happening. Yeah. Unless you actually take the time and realize that they're actually doing this for the sake of their family, you know? Yeah. And we're in a day and age that people don't realize that, you know? Sure. You know, that we don't engage, even though we are right now, but more like on a really social level, you know? So I, I think that's one thing that our society is losing is we can't sit down and have a conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of why we have these devices in our faces all the time. Yeah. Uh, It's like a poor effort to try to do because we do connect with so many people, but it's so surface level and it's not, you don't get the social cues. You don't get the, the the spirituality of just connecting with vibe and all of that. And and it's like, you kind of lose those skills. I mean, from last year's run, like we had like, hundreds of likes and shares but we had like literally almost seven people running. oh yeah because it's so easy to like but it's hard to get out there and want to connect yeah. huh so uh, referring to that you know it's it, it's 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 not easy yeah you know like that's why i tell all the runners and people that show up like if it was easy everyone would show up you know yeah you know so and, and then you gotta you know it's like there's easy difficult all that but then there's there's purpose of it, like it's meaningful. So it should be done whether it's easy or yeah. or difficult, right? I know, like I've been in, I've been part of uh, different things where we put out programs to teach language or cult, just different culture songs, the dances, right, right. or games. And you're right, you put a flyer out, and people, oh man, it's gonna be great, like, love, you know, all the different on it, share it, all these things. Mm-hmm. But then when the date comes, you're like, where are all these people? Oh man, I'm sorry, I couldn't make it here, yeah. couldn't make it there. Had this, I had that. But same time, it's about a priority. You got to make these things a priority. And sometimes I've had people say, like, I don't want to go out in, like, I, I don't feel comfortable leaving my house. Like, they, they have the anxiety of leaving or they don't want to be around everybody. And they're like, is there any way you can, um, is there any way you can get that knowledge to me where I'm at home? And in a, in a way, that's kind of how this podcast started was, you know, yeah. people don't want to connect as much and people or they can't find the time because they're working or busy or commute. Yeah. Kids are in sports. Kids are at school. They got all these things where they're getting pulled in so many different directions. They're barely spending time with their family. So if they do have time. It's a premium. 
They don't want to go sit in a class or in a meeting. They want to just be able to uh, spend time with their family, if anything, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if I can have the convenience of communicating with somebody on the phone or, or um, talking, you know, video yeah, chat with them. Say, yeah, or a podcast. I can listen to it on the way to while I'm driving the kids to school. Okay. Then it's, you know, that's something that works. But so you're that's right. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here, I guess, <laughs> I guess man. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. That's okay. what we're doing here. But it's like... um. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is what we're doing here. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind of. Yeah, kind of, so. but we're here, so. But, you know, it you is know, a that, function, that, but you do lose actually, stuff. Yeah. That's actually a really good point, you know? Like, yeah. Um, sometimes. <laughs> is that what we're doing now? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> nah. But, honestly, like, if you have an audience that's willing to listen and take the time and... That's that is actually one thing I wanted to like make clear is like you have to really take the time and appreciate that everyone wants to hear you, but in this day right now, it's like no one really wants to, you know, it's kind yeah. of sad in a way, like you know, it's um, so when it comes to this, I I would love for everyone to hear the voice of you know you and I and yeah. everyone that has something to say because we we don't have that voice anymore. Yeah. Whether it's through social media, whether it's through broadcast, whether it's through the um, what's the word? Um, uh, the vibration. Yeah. Um, dang it. I know. You know. You know what someone told me one time? They said that being on social media, they were talking about. I don't know if it was Twitter or one of those. Yeah. But they said it's like it's like going outside and yelling something. Somebody might hear you, but they probably won't. And if they hear you, they don't know what you're saying, anyways. Yeah. They don't really understand what you're coming from. And I was like, dang, that's brutal, because I make a lot of yeah. memes and jokes on it, you know, on these things. Actually, <laughs> it is really, it is but, really true, though. But it is kind of true. Yeah, yeah, it can be true, you know. And, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, have, especially if you're not on all the time, because then the algorithm bumps you out and no one sees your post. You can have something very profound, but if no one sees it, then you're out of the loop. I mean, but if you're on there all the time, then they might see it. You know? I'll tell you this. It's quite funny that I noticed um, when I was attacked about a month ago, uh-huh. when I posted that yeah. lie, I had almost literally like seven, eight maybe like a thousand views on that i was like that's crazy huh and then i'm like wait a minute i'm trying to promote this brand but i don't have <laughs> that amount of people yeah. wanting to view it, it that's what it's like I'm you're doing all this positive stuff and nobody seems to chime yeah. in or care crickets then then you hear something negative happens in your life and then everyone's boom it really you know and, and, and they, that, it's actually, crazy it really it really occurred to me i'm like yeah wow they want to look for something that's very um, I wouldn't say negative, but something very like um, uh, the controversial, maybe yeah. or provocative. Yeah. yeah, you know, and the people who do these these uh, media things, the uh, the Facebooks, the Instagrams of the world, the you know, all of these, they they know that they know that human nature is to want to look at those kinds of uh, things going on. So the algorithm feeds that. So any kind of controversy mm-hmm. that's put out, any kind of argument, any kind of bad luck or heart. You know, this country got bombed and these kids are starving. You know, all these yeah. things of humanity that we should be going, oh, man, it's terrible. I don't want to see this. Yeah. This train wreck. The algorithm knows that that's what we actually do look at. And yeah. so it starts to feed that. Yeah. And you get caught up in that loop where you're looking at nothing but that. And you're like, oh, my God, everything's falling apart. Nothing's gonna, you know, and it's like you go from negative thing to negative thing to negative yeah. thing. And then people go like, I don't know why I feel so anxious and got depression right mm-hmm. now. And it's like, well, that isn't helping. 
Yeah. That is not helping. That's that's triggering things inside. So you have flight, uh, fight or flight chemicals inside where so what it's I did, not good, man. What I did was I deleted that post. Oh, did you? Yeah. I mean, just because I was extent of the amount of um, views I was getting. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, but I'm over here trying to promote this run that's going to be happening next week. Uh -huh. And I'm like, Wow. That's the big monster, man. You feed it. The, feed the big monster, you know? And it's like, do I want to feed this thing? That's it's a it, it is a really scary thing. Yeah. I mean... You I, almost have to purify yourself from it. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of a new thing where I hear people talk about, like, I'm going to leave... I mean, obviously, for ceremony, put your phone away, put these things away. It's kind of... Even before there was a phone, that was the idea, you know? Let's pull ourselves away from everything. But I think especially now, people are doing, like, kind of like mini ceremonies where, like, I'm not going to be on my phone for a week. And I'm gonna to try to purify myself and get away, get in the nature, get away from everything. I, I've heard, I've heard a few people say that, and guilty. I've done it. You know, where I'm gonna put this away I'm for. Like I'm gonna put it away for 20 minutes. I'll go for a walk. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, right, guilty. I'm giving it an hour. I'll come back purified. No, you know, that was me at work. You know, yeah. And and, and that's a funny fact because we right now in today's society that we're moving so quickly. Okay. At a constant pace that we don't step back and realize what we actually get ourselves engage ourselves into. Yeah. And that kind of refers to you know what's going on in Australia. Yeah. You know? And yeah, that that's definitely a rough one. Going, I mean, we see the images and the like. Australia's all on fire, and like you know, it's kind of like um, like the me. Here comes the memes. It's weird. Like we almost go to war with Iran, and everything's twenty four hours of memes, and, I'll, and I'm guilty of it too. But it's kind of like when it got serious and they attacked that base, it's like, wow, man, we might be sending our kids off to war here. Like we should really, our young men and women, like we should really be, I mean, not joking about this so much, mm -hmm. but it's you know, so easy to get wrapped up into all of that. Um, all, I guess the meme side of it or the joke side of it or the, just the craziness of it. Yeah. It's like, we're so desensitized from, from seeing acts of violence and crazy things, uh, global catastrophes that it almost, we I just want to laugh at it, you know? And it's a big if, deal though. If you know for a fact that, this country is based on that. Mm. If you were to go to um, a third world country, yeah, um, such as um, where are those countries? There's like several countries that, if you were to make fun of something or anyone, uh -huh. or you would be punished for it, you know? Yeah. So, in this age and the country that it's been built on, like we get away with it. Yeah. Only because it's kind of like a tactic, you know, like yeah. tiger tactic, like what happened to us in Standard Rock, mm -hmm. you know? And for us not to see it and not to be able to realize that, it's a scary thing, you know? Yeah. And it's, everybody can laugh, but when everything hits a fan, it won't be funny, you know? It's just the way it is, you know? It's, yeah. Because, like, it happened to our people. It yeah. Really, it really, yeah. really did happen to our people. Because we were, you know, in, we were attacked and, you know. So. Colin Kaepernick, you know, in the, um, after that I ran, um, after the guy was shot out there, that general, he came out and said something along the lines of nothing new. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, getting yeah. his quote all messed up. But it was something along the lines of like nothing new, uh, American, you know, colonization or whatever, um, imperialism, gone out and, and right, attacking right. more brown people. He said something along those lines. And people were, you know, again, right back down, Colin Kaepernick's throat, and he's an anti-American, he's blah, 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 all of these things. But people didn't stop and actually just say, wait a minute, 
what, what is he talking about? Is there any truth in that? Because no, there is truth. You know, with the what happened to the native peoples of this continent. You know what happened uh, taking uh, Hawaii. You know, Mauna Kea has been in the news. But people forget about when we went over there and just like attacked those people. You know, and they were trying to fight for their own sovereignty. They were their land was just taken. You know, uh, we we talked about all the different parts of the world where you see this imperialism and the post industrial imperialism going and just and heinous acts on people. Everyone blames this person that's in our administration, so called yeah. administration. It's been happening for decades. Yeah, all the old people are like, nothing new. Trump's just another one, you know? It's like nothing I new. Because it, it has been happening. It's happening yeah. way, way, way before him. It's now that it's actually coming to the uh, surface. Yeah. That a few people might actually realize what's really going on. Yeah. And that's a scary fact about the whole thing, you know? And the only thing I can say and refer to that is be always be humble and be true to yourself mm -hmm. and be in prayer. And that's one thing that I want to touch on was like yesterday, you know, like with my coworkers and I was like, man, I've never been attacked that way in that such a matter, you know, like mm -hmm. you're Indian, you're, I was like, it was crazy. It was it was nonsense, really. Yeah. So you had a bunch of coworkers come at you all sideways a little bit for oh yeah, be native. Yes, that's crazy. It was like, why are you working? You have you have all this casino. You have all this money, and mm -hmm. oh man, it was it was just bizarre. I mean, I felt like why are you guys attacking me? I've been working here for a while, and so why are you coming at me for this reason? You know, like yeah, it's because. Uh, the native being native indigenous were there's so many consumptions yeah but no one knows the consumption of not having nothing yeah and still be there for yourself i mean there's a lot of people out there hurting yeah so and even if you weren't like well you're not allowed to work i know i was uh i had a uh, when i was working um uh, as an educator i like second day working there another teacher came up and asked me i said uh why are you working you get don't you get like per capita or mm -hmm. something and i said well first off this is a calling this is a career that yeah, you do yeah. as a calling you don't do it for for yeah. money yeah and if you're doing it for money you're probably not gonna last long you probably don't want to do it you know and right and i've always had the mindset of like things like that if you're doing them for money then you should get out of the, the you should get out of it you know you should be there for a calling and then when you, that calling leaves, then you leave, but because it's sacred, you know. But yeah. his mindset was like, "Well, you're rich," in his mind, you're rich, but he don't know me or my family where I'm from or nothing. And yeah. and but in San Diego, everyone assumes that all the natives uh, have casinos. They all come from casino tribes, mm -hmm. and a lot do. Don't be wrong. There's a lot of impoverished natives in San Diego County that either are not from San Diego originally. They're from a tribe from outside of San Diego, outside of California, or they are from. A local tribe and they just don't have a casino or economic development and that's exactly what i um, told the editors yeah the Navajo times mm -hmm. i'm like i got a phone call yesterday from um mini farms arizona okay it's like i mean i don't want to judge but it would sound like an elder lady mm -hmm. and she's like hey i heard there was a run going on I was like, what? What do you mean? I was so excited. And yeah, excited. they heard about your run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never hear about this place. But By the I way, was... let's throw a plug out. When is your when is your run? January 17th. Okay. And where is this taking place? We're going to start in Snow Peak, which is okay. 10 miles um, northeast of Flagstaff. 
Okay, Snow Peak Snow outside Bowl. of Flagstaff. Yeah. Okay. Snow Bowl. Yeah. Okay. And you guys are running to. We're gonna be running from there to our capital. Okay. It's now called Window Rock. Window Rock. I've no, been there. Nomination. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful place. I... You can feel it. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful spot. There's a lot of stories behind that. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Um, but no. Um, so she called me and I was like, "Oh, how'd you know about this?" She was like, "Oh, I got a um, I seen the ad in the newspaper." I'm like. Oh, really? So, I engaged the conversation that someone on a level that we're talking about, like, she didn't, she wouldn't have known about it unless it was through the paperwise, like my mother. Right. My mom thought I was crazy because... She's like, what are you doing? Why why are you in... I'll give you a ride. Why do you want to ride? Why are you you running across the country? Why are you in Standing Rock? Yeah. But you know what? It's funny is that she read an article in a newspaper. And those are the ones that we really need to engage with. So my mom's like, she read that article. And that's how she found out everything that I've been involved with. Oh wow, that's cool. Because she's she's not savvy. She doesn't sure. have like you know all the top technology that we yeah. are so easily in our hands. Mm-hmm. So, and I, it took me a while to realize that, you know. So tomorrow our our um, flyers are gonna be posted in the Navajo Times, which nice. is so. Let's go shout out to Navajo Times. Check it out. Simon's gonna you, be in there. He's running to the elders. Mm-hmm. They've just been. They they understood where I was coming from. Okay. Because I remember as a kid, like, I would run to the store just to get the Navajo Times for my mom. Yeah. So now that I'm, like, actually running, I kind of, like... Yeah. My mom's like, hey, I'm, my son's going to be running this. A full circle, like, man. Yeah. You know? So and that's one thing that we had to realize is the circleness of things, you know? Yeah. So in that way, you know, like I really am thankful for how I was raised and how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. So. You know, one thing too, like before we change, get off the subject, is talking about elders and stuff. You know, we always talk about go check in on your elders. You know, my parents live next door; they're elderly, um, and they like to be self-contained. But I like to send my kids over, and I like to go over I'm and more be there like with them. More stubborn. But yeah, right. But you know, one of the things you have to do is it isn't it is good to go over and do the technology with them. You know, we always think, oh, make sure that water, make sure they have this and that. But you know, everybody out there listening, make sure you go out and and have your kids go interact with their grandparents and show yeah. them how to use the technology. You know, go show them how to get logged on if they don't have it, or show them what's out there. You know, show them videos, show them things like that because you know they kind of missed that a little. Some of them missed that. You know, they didn't. Yeah. They were when they were young. There was no technology like that, and they kind of got old. And a lot of our elders are kind of like, eh, I don't need that stuff, you know. So they never really got on board with technology, but the kids have it. They know that. And so where the elders have the ability of experience and they can share those things with the kids, the kids now have technology and energy. They can go and uh, it's like a fair trade off. And it's a nice way to see the young and the old intertwine and come together and stuff. So just as a little PSA, you know, public service announcement. Everybody go check on your elders, but create those, yeah. uh, create that relationship. It's good for the young and the old to get together and share like that. Yeah, it's, cool. it's it's really important, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're the ones that were before us. Yeah. So why not do that? Which is probably one of the most practical thing of being a person that you are. If yeah. not, then shame on you, you know? Yeah. So 
like I like I seen my nephew take wits to his uncle, and I was like, oh man, thank you, nephew. That's exactly yeah. how we want everything to carry on because yeah. as of right now, you know, like um, it's cold back home. Yeah. where where I'm from you know it's it's cold and there's a fire almost every 24 hours a day you know so try to keep everybody going yeah it's uh, important to go cut wood for those guys and I always see the memes out in Navajo land about if you can't cut wood you know or you know and then you got like the memes of the 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 uh the ladies out there cutting wood and everything so get the wood going man you, hey, you have a good woman yeah. she can chop wood yeah and drive your stick and drive in the snow and the wood and make bread gee you got good women but nowadays I don't know <laughs> yeah my mom always jokes about that she's yeah. like she's actually in fact really um happy that I'm single uh huh. Only because like, less stress for her, probably. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> hey, I got kids, man. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. She's like, um, all your brothers, you know, they they're with some women, and you're the one single. And the funny thing about that was because since I was 14, you know, I've been so grateful to be like traveling and stuff. Yeah. So I went to Australia, and I guess. I'm practically the only person in my family that really has gone that far as far as like um, traveling and stuff and she's like just keep doing it because we didn't do it yeah so you know keep doing what you're doing you know so at times I'm like mom are you okay <laughs> <laughs> no I know you've gone from like coast to coast you know did the old Forrest Gump <laughs> routine but uh, no but how many how, like how uh, I guess how many times you ran across America or like what are some key runs that you've gone on? I know, um, like I said, oh, we did the longest man. walk that one time, and you did yeah. a lot of the running of that. But I know you've been active last few years. You've just been really going. What are some key runs that you've done the, that come to mind? The ones I passed run was from, which is the longest walk, which started in San Diego. Yeah, coastline in the ocean. To um, D.C. Yeah. Um, that really started in... Only because I was volunteering yeah. at the time. Was that like your first, uh, I guess, like um, Since, prayer run type type thing? Or not prayer, but I don't know what you would say. Um, like cultural run, I guess. Is that like Yeah, your, you know, I, yeah? I'll be honest. Like, For I awareness, I guess. I, I didn't know that I was actually on Kumiya Land. Uh-huh. Or, you know, like at the time, I didn't know who I really was. Uh-huh. Which is scary. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know there was tribes in Utah. I didn't know there's tribes in Colorado, uh-huh. you know. And if it wasn't for this um, run, I probably would have been still working my eight to nine or um, five to nine job. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been who I am today. So you you kind of left the res, went to the city, and just kind of like the Indians are back home. There's nobody out here in the city, kind of right? Is that kind of the mentality then, or yes? Yeah, it's kind of like you're blind. Uh-huh. Like you know, you come out here, and for example, I had a car, and once I lost it, and like I didn't even know there was trains that ran through the towns, you know, uh-huh. and which is. Kind of something I kind of like realized, like, wait a minute, I'm driving, but yeah, I didn't know there was actual um, trains that came through town, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of like the narrowhead um, mentality that I had at the time and being consumed with 
having the best things and materialistic and not knowing who I was, you know? Yeah. So when I, when I volunteered for this uh, longest walk, at the time, I didn't even know what I was in, putting myself in. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know Bali. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know anyone. I remember you meeting know? you in the back of the van, and we knew knew mutual people. And, and, I feel, I, and you were like, "Hey, I didn't. I didn't even know we were gonna really run far today, and you didn't eat breakfast." And I remember we had like these uh, snack bars, and we were both eating them because I was like, "I didn't know I was running today either. I thought we were gonna walk a mile." Yeah. I went down there thinking we're gonna, my family I was mean, gonna walk a mile, and ended up. I think we did. Like out all the way to San Francisco that day, right? It's that was still <laughs> the same thing to this day. Yeah. Like, it, that's the greatness about um, these runs. Yeah. Is that the same mentality we had that day, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't know it was going to happen. We didn't know it was going to run this far, yeah. you know? But you always got to remember there's always going to be an extra mile. No matter, like, you can, like, say we're going to run 20 miles. But you gotta remember, always gonna have that. There's an, always gonna be an extra two, three, four miles. So never uh, tie your mind that the day's over with because you have to think of think ahead. And we, I, let's not overtake. Got those feet in the air and you're sleeping, man. It's like, all right, now let's go to bed. Number <laughs> blink and wake up. Oh my god! Yeah, I, mean, I think the most we had was like um, 24 miles. Yeah, we thought we were done for the day, but we had like 24 miles to go. Like. <laughs> oh, not even worse, like seven miles ago. This is the worst. Well, I mean, I remember that one day, my family, we, you know, we weren't able to do it all the way to D.C., although we did go out and we, yeah. you know, we're there in D.C., but we said, we made the um, pledge, my wife did, and I was like, all right, two, support two you. Weeks, right? To go to, yeah, two weeks, to go to Arizona, yeah. to go out to the croissant land. We wanted to go through our own tariff, our own territory. So yeah. we took kids out of school, the whole thing. But I remember we went out to, um, to uh, Saboba, and I remember we were in Hemet and we jog, walk, jog, you know, whatever. I'd, I'd kind of done what my quota of the day, which I told myself, this is probably what I'm going to run. <laughs> you saying that which reminded is, me of this. Which is the mile? And then I remember going like, how far are we from Saboba to the gym? And they were like, uh, I think it's like, you know, four or five miles. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to push it out. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I think it turned out it to be like nice eight miles. Though, right? It was like evening coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember going like coming up that hill where the old casino is to the right. And we're getting ready to do the turn. And I'm like, okay, and in my mind, I thought we were stopping there. And then I was so dead, you know, I was just barely going, you know, then everybody's cheering. Yeah. Everyone's cheering at people out there. And I'm like, all right, man. Everybody. So I have my daughter, she's just going, you know, we're just cruising, she's cruising. I'm like, you know, I'm hurting, man. Come down that hill and I'm thinking it's at the casino. That's where mm-hmm. I thought we were going to feast. And then they're like, no, 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 it's at the hall up the road. I'm like, dude, right. I was so done. By the time we got into the gym area there, I could have just passed out, dude. I was white. <laughs> And it turned out to be, like I said, I think it was like close to eight miles or something. It was way more yeah. miles than I thought it was. And I was just worked that day. You know I was hurting. I actually remember that. <laughs> yeah. I was screaming. Like, ah, no. And you, I think you were like <laughs> sore. You're like, no, I can't do this no more. But, you know, that's the beauty of what this is really about, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's just remembering who we are. And the only way you can do that is putting your feet on the ground mm-hmm. and realizing that this is how we were raised. This is how we were brought to this earth is because of, you know, your surroundings, every plant, every seed, every living thing around you hears you. Mm-hmm. I mean that, and I think that's one thing I really intrigued of knowing that every time I take a step, no matter how many miles, I wouldn't have said this like, 2016 uh-huh. 
I wouldn't have known this, you know, but now I'm like, that's that's the way I look at it now. You yeah. Know? Um, I, I guess I'm I'm a changed person in that perspective, you know. I'm grateful for it. It's scary at times, and it's very, um, how do you say, it? uh, very uh, it's different. Yeah. And I like it, and uh, I'm. At times when it's like, man, this is who I am. This is the person that I was supposed to be, you know? So, and I'm cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good feeling. I don't. I think when I think of that, like I think about being a little kid mm-hmm. and most, like I was, I was raised on the res here in the fields where my house is now. We used to run around and stuff. And it's like, back in those days, not that it's a long time ago, back in those days, all the, all the res kids used to run around with no How shoes. How long ago? Hey, <laughs> but everybody's uh, 21 years ago. But we still run around no shoes. That was like a common thing. No shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but we used to run around no shoes, and they're like yeah. the roads weren't all paved back then. It was dirt, yeah. so you really were connecting. You were in the dust, you know. And at the end of the day, you go shower or bathe or whatever, and go eat dinner. When the sun is going down, it was your day, you know. You right, go out and hang right. out with the res kids. There was community there, and it's kind of like I think around our the whole entire United States or the whole Turtle Island. That's what our native kids have always done is like be out there in the dirt and the sticks, the grass, climbing trees, messing around. You know, being in, in whatever their nature yeah. is, connecting with the soil. And it's like, I think about that sometimes where it's like, man, I haven't actually touched foot to dirt in like two, three days because I put my it shoe socks great. on in the morning. I go Corona out, touch the cement. Yeah. I do that. You just take them off and fiesta feet. <laughs> in a Sunday night, Monday, yeah. my feet is blocked. You know what? <laughs> Matching the elbows and the I knees. Nah, I love it. it. It's... it's it kind of identifies who you are mm-hmm. you know it it really brings back um where where you actually how you grew up you know because uh-huh. i i didn't grow up with you know the fancy shoes and stuff like that so hey look at this hey <laughs> yeah i know i like that you uh they do the rock your mocks in, in november usually like yeah. they'll say native american heritage month let's rock your mocks yeah. and everyone busts their mocks out for a day or two or a week but i noticed that you've made the step to um to wear your mocks a lot of times throughout the year and then on your runs especially yeah. I mean, i've seen you do miles in that and that's pretty cool man i mean a lot of miles that there's actually a hole in one of my soul you ran through there's a hole in your soul hey yes oh yeah See? there you go it's fred flintstoning it now hey, hey. <laughs> my little toes. Hey. no it's um it, it, i already knew what it was about you know yeah. like i ran 18 miles on the pavement uh-huh. so i kind of um my moccasins suffered that so you know it's it's a good indication that you know what hey you know what this is what we run on these yeah. days so my factor to that is run on dirt when you get a chance yeah because it's who you are i i say like take off your shoes and go step in the dirt once a while because i swear like me i was thinking about it. i wake up put on my shoe you know shower get ready Put on my shoes, put on my socks, oh, well, socks and shoes, and then I go out the door. <laughs> so my feet never really touch the soil right. until I get home and I take my shoes and socks off. And then I'm around in the house. And if I leave, I put on some, you know, like I never really go out and walk in the dirt very often, maybe a couple times a week, you know, like, and if you really think about it, how often do you actually, because if you, your shoes, your, even they have that rubber, they have like, have, there's layers before you even touch the soil. How many times do you actually touch the earth itself without anything? Like there's cement, there's blacktop, there's, all of these different things that are a barrier between the earth itself, the dirt, and us as humans. And it's like, you know, go touch a tree, 
go touch the grass. I mean, there is energy in all of that. Scientists, yeah. scientists know that. Scientists say that. We've always known that. Yeah. But it's like you do have to make those connections. Yeah. And I think like hiking is for me that's such a therapeutic um, mm-hmm. thing because feeling stressed out in the world, you're overworked, you're tired, you're blah, blah, blah. you go out into a hike, and it's just like everything leaves. You get disconnected. And, and you, you just connect with everything. The road makes you feel that way. You know? It does. All the craziness. Yeah. But you get, like, here where I live, I, yeah. I walk about a hill over, and there's nothing back there that I can go walk around the old village where my where my, uh, my grandparents used to live down that way. And you're disconnected, but you you can smell the plants. Mm-hmm. You don't see anything. It's just a very beautiful thing. And it's like, I don't care if you're hiking in a local mountain or a state preserve or something. Like, you, you feel the connection. It's a good feeling. Yeah. And it, it clears your mind. Yeah. And things like anxiety or, or depression or stress... Those things will leave you, you know, you can kind yeah. of battle that a little bit by getting out there. Plus the endorphins kicking in your body, your blood's pumping, which, you feel better. Which is a really good point. I mean, that's exactly why. Because, I, I, you know, at one time in my life, like, what am I doing? At the same time, like, when I'm running, I can just feel it just, like, shooting through my body. Uh-huh. And therefore, you know, I, I run as much as I possibly can you know especially with this diet that i'm doing right now it's just it reminds you where you really at in your life are you here are you there hear that because it does with all these alter sugars and oils Uh and salt it those are actually not really genuinely made for your body Mm -hmm. so when you think about it and when you're going through it you're like oh man do i really need that yeah. Oh no, no, no! I don't. So it's a, it's sort of like a mind trigger, you know? Like, yeah. Why am I thinking this way? So I went through that in 2016, and at the time I was with all the runners, uh-huh. and I was on the road, and my mom's like, "Why'd you do that? <laughs> There's a bunch of people around you." I'm like, "I don't know." But I remember, like, I had like pasta and soup and fibroid, which I love, all in front of my face and. But now I think it's it's a little easier on me because since 2016 I can see the the um, difference you know how how I look at things you know and I'm okay with that too. That's good. What, There's nothing wrong with it. What is your uh, training regime? You know, like performance wise, like do you run every day? Do you run like how how often do you run? How hard do you push yourself? You know, people listening in they may think about walking or running. You know, to get back in shape. I mean, what do you do? What's good for you, performance-wise? I would say um, really listen to your body. Okay. Because um, back in 2016 when... Actually, 2015, which is almost four or five years ago, I started running again. Uh Uh-huh. How long had you taken off at that time? Probably about 10 years. 10 years? Oh, wow. So you were coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So... And I started running just straight out, and then my knees started buckling, and they uh-huh. were hurting. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, hey mom, why is my knees hurting? <laughs> You're old and out of shape, son. <laughs> Trust me, I know that. I know that. But you know, you know, mothers will yeah. give the best advice. Sure. Just like, son, <laughs> just walk. Yeah. Jog. And then go from there. Yeah. And then eventually you'll be back where you were before. And I took her advice. Yeah. She was right. You know, I had to kind of like regrain my, my ground uh-huh. as far as um, stability, as far as my legs and stuff. So, yeah, it. I remember 
it took me a long time to accept that I can barely do do two miles. And it took me a long time to reach barely a hundred miles a month, but I can do that in one week easily. So it's pretty gnarly, man. <laughs> That's good. It's good. I mean, if, yeah. So my my thought on your question is, if you're able to really listen to your body, yeah, and if you're able to put up with it, which is another thing, and tell yourself that you're able to do it, it's it's the possibilities are limited. You know, it's it's you you can do it basically. Yeah. Because if I can tell my head one time that I can barely do 100 miles in one month and I can do it in one week. Think about that. The concept of knowing that you have a little doubt versus like, I can do this. Yeah, because you'll fool yourself, right? You'll fool yourself into thinking you can't do something. It's very easy. And it's like, you can also fool yourself into thinking that you can do something. And that's better if you so it's not positive. You got me on the right yeah. night. Today is my yeah. rest day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so you are today, okay? You're resting. Yeah, I've been, okay. I've been really How many rest days do you do a week? Um, right Typical. now, typically, I would do about two. Okay. Um, if I'm gonna be lazy, I'll do like three rest days. But okay. right now, I'm on my first rest day since. Oh uh, man, it's been about two weeks. Okay. Yeah, so I've been really pushing hard because, I think this. Upcoming run, this prayer run, is I've been running the entire country, and I think that I'm finally bringing this to my homeland. Okay. Only because for the cause, and I'm thinking about actually running the entire thing, and that's gonna be my commitment. Yeah. But I want to have um, a team behind me that that we able to take care of. This, this, and basically the logistics. Yeah. Because the last run we did from San Diego to um, Flagstaff, Arizona, you know, I was all over the place. Yeah. But at the same time, I was running. So that was a beautiful send off. I was really honored to be down there and to sing, you know, we sang uh, um, some bird songs, you know, the indigenous songs here in San Diego down yeah. the ocean. We sang, sang some songs about the waterway out there at the start of the day. It was early. You're getting, you're getting started early for the huh. sun. You even came up, you did the ceremony, and it was cool because you're cutting across through uh, Kumeyaay territory, going out through the uh, Seno and Kuiya territories out mm-hmm. that way, and you had uh, Wayne Nelson of the Intertribal Bird. He came down and sang some songs also, yeah. him and his group, and right. and so right. really right. encompassed in a very traditional way, like the, the acknowledgement of whose land you're on and which land you're going to travel through that yeah. day, and I thought that was real beautiful, and it was cool that everybody came in, good vibes, and had a good uh, purpose. And I remember just thinking, like, when you were on the road all those days, I know you were in my mind and my mm-hmm. prayers. I was thinking about, you know, when we're Simon's ad and his crew, where they're at, where they're running. We made it. And you guys made it. Yeah, it was really cool. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, only and now you're picking it up, though, right? Now it's yeah, yeah, only because, like, the prayers behind it, such as, like, what yeah. you just said right now, it's, it's, it's meaningful. You know? Yeah. You, you can just sit there and just say whatever but we we felt it yeah. even with the your your bird songs you know it actually left me through um valley center uh-huh and then up next one paula yeah and then up through morongo valley yeah you know, took me all the way up i i i do i i know that because like I can hear the bird songs in my in my head, uh-huh. and they carry me all the way 
across the desert. And it's something that most people won't realize, but it's true. You know, the connection is there. Yeah. It's just redefining it by um, believing in it. So. And I don't know, like everybody else's songs in every other area, but our songs, those songs, like they really do have a cadence to yeah. a fast walk or a jog or a run. And like, like I say, and I, I've done some running on and off. I right now I'm running about two, three miles a day. I've been, I've been in it the last few weeks. I've been going That's for good. it. Uh, there was times in my life where I was running seven miles a day, yeah. and there's been times where I do nothing. You know what I mean? But, but um, when I when we were running that one time, you know, doing that walk and everything, uh, yeah. that was some of the things I would do too. I'd sing them in my head, or I'd have it in my ear, and it would it give me good cadence. And it it's weird because like the footsteps match the the beat, mm-hmm. and then the song rhythm matched my my breathing. And it, and it's weird because when you run. It's easy to get excited or to go, oh, and then like you wear yourself out with yeah. being tired because it's psychological. Yeah. But the moment you get comfortable and you get that breath and you get like we are really just kind of moving, you're not yeah. even thinking about what you're doing. And my, it's like you're flying. Not that I'm running fast, but it's like you feel like you're flying because you're just, you're just doing this movement. And it's like if you have a song or a cadence like that in your mind and the spirituality of it you're, all, you're it, it pushes, you're gliding. Man. So I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Kind of like I a did horse. that. Yeah, yeah, you're Basically, just r- rolling it. I don't know when last time you rode a horse, but last week with my hair down and no shirt. No, hey. I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I had to go go well, hunt the squirrels. It has that similarity, and we have a lot of um, songs that uh-huh. actually relate to running, which come from the horse songs. Okay, but when when I feel that when I'm running, I can I have like I can feel it that same rhythm that they have because you know I, I grew up with horses and you know like gliding and just being out in the country and oh man and so this run um the girl that was murdered um amanda dakota she had the ability to train wild horses you know and with that to have that ability it's it's really really strong to have that capability to do something like that especially being a female yeah so and this particular run that we're going to be having next week you know it's really going to draw back that connection of who we are and what what our our abilities of being indigenous and you know coming together really absolutely and you're going to be you're going to be traveling home so just all of that adding together, it's gonna be powerful. It's gonna be a good journey for you. Thank you. Your I mean, um, yeah, I really appreciate it. You know, it means a lot. And like like I mentioned earlier, thank you for the donation for the jacket. Yeah, hey man, any Which, little bit we can help each other, we got to do it. Yeah. I can't always donate to things, but I mean, you know, if we can, now, yeah, you know. I uh, it I was know. Christmas time. You just spend all your money and worry about rent next month. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> no, I was kidding. Everybody like, wait a minute, no. Just, <laughs> you know the. Um, there's a I met this really nice gentleman in Kobe. Uh-huh. Um and I Oh, the swap meet Kobe's? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so I'm like, "Hey, you know what? For those of you guys out there from San Diego, we got two swap meets, or three or four, but there's you Kobe's by the beach. It's a nice one, it's a big one. Yeah. And then you got uh you got Spring, Spring Valley, Valley, which yeah, that's the real one I always people say cuz it's all brown people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh Kobe's, it's a nice swap meet. I go down and get the little tiny donuts. Sorry, interrupt no, your stuff. No, that's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, sometimes we need to go there. Yeah. I haven't been that way for a while. Yeah. One in Spring Valley. But the one in Kobe, um, you know, I met this guy, and I I was like, hey, you know what? I'm doing this code drive, you know. I'm, 
give me my time and my money to this, you know. And I was like, oh, really? So we had a conversation. He's like, all right, well, you know what? If you buy 20 of these jackets, I'll give you a discount. Oh, wow. Normally, they're 25 bucks a piece. Right. So I was like, all right, well, I'll see what I can do. So I, I got his number and stuff, and I call him a couple of days, and that's when I put up the, you know, um, the... What was it the Venmo GoFundMe something like that? It was something. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah the advertising like, about right, helping the jackets. Yeah. yeah. Right now that's in the works. You know. Cool. Um, I did raise a hundred and fifty dollars. Cool. Cool. So I got about another ninety dollars, which will you know I'll sure. put that into myself. So, hey, there's twenty plus jackets. That's better than nothing, man. And that's if we all gave twenty oh. jackets like that, we'd be helping people out. Man, and I people can say what they want, but I don't, really if you nice. never had a jacket or you don't have a jacket and you're in a cold, you never in that situation where you're freezing and you need a jacket, maybe you can't appreciate it. But I know I've been cold yeah. and I've know I've been like, can I borrow a jacket? Yeah. That's a life changer, man. You can really yeah. make it someone's day. So, with that said, you know, like, but it's easier to say I'm gonna send thoughts and prayers. I'm gonna tell you that it's a lot easier to say, oh, thoughts and prayers to the cold. And I always throw that out there, you know, think about our homeless people, you know, thoughts of prayers, it's raining, it's cold, but it's, it's, it's giving a jacket means a little bit more, man. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, thoughts of prayers are cool, but helping giving a jacket, I don't care if it's two jackets, it's better than, than doing nothing, you know? Yeah. So I commend you on that. It's good. Yeah. So I just want to bring that out. You know, yeah. it, I mean, we're talking like $12 and you know, there's a few people that did contribute to it, which, you know, it's awesome. But it's in like, man, think about I mean, we're talking about numbers of homeless, yeah. our own people that are yeah. whole at this hour that we speak, you know, it's... It's rough, too, because, you know, a lot of those people are veterans. You know, a lot of them are people that have served our, our nation or served yeah. us. They come back, you know, traumatized from the war and their experience or just being traumatized from growing up on the res. And it's like, we got we got to a level we're doing well. We should reach, throw the life, you know, raft back to them and say, hey, let's help you out a little bit. And a jacket's not a big, that's not a big expenditure for a lot of people you know if they can yeah. give out 12 bucks and help that dude out or that lady out that's a big deal man and right now everyone support the troops support the troops and i'm not saying we shouldn't be that way because we should be yeah. but we should also think about those vietnam era the iraq yeah. era the persian gulf era who are some of them are really struggling man and they're out there in these areas impoverished and they don't like you said it's winter time they're freezing man they're living outside yeah. homeless and stuff yeah i mean it's unfortunate that we don't realize that Especially with the amount of money that um, that we actually have income, you know, yeah. and twelve bucks is twelve bucks, but it actually does go a long way. Yeah, you know, it does save someone's life, you know. So um, with that, you know, it's it. I'm honestly grateful for the fact that the ones I gave is is courageous uh-huh. because you know it's gonna come back. Yeah, those things always do, man. They yeah. they do, you know, and it's and just you know try to help those people. Around. But that's our traditional teachings, you know. Yeah. You travel all over. I've traveled all over the country. I know you have, and it's like you see that everywhere, right? People talk about that. Like a lot of these concepts are so common everywhere about you know taking care of those around you, you know, and that you always hear in media that or you know in pop culture they say you know it takes a village, but we truly lived that lifestyle for thousands of years, yeah. and it's a not, it's a good life. It's a good mentality to have. Teach your kids that you know to be empathetical to have care for other people, your common man. And it don't matter if they're dark, they're yeah. light, if they're big, skinny, you know, what, uh, you know, sexual orientation or religion, you know, if, if someone needs help and you can help them, 
where's the hurt and trying to help them a little bit, you know? There, and there shouldn't be. Should, there shouldn't, no. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%, you know? I mean, just like last night, you know, I had a late dinner um, run for a juice. Yeah. Um, cause I, um, so I saw this veteran on the street, and I was like, hey, it's getting me. He was hungry, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, hey, why not? Five bucks is five bucks for pizza, you know, for him to have, you know? Hot and ready. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the traditional thing dude you go to any potluck nowadays it used to be like mom's spaghetti on a sleeve already but now it's like you know we're gonna have a potluck we want the community to all yeah, get together gonna, now have... it's chicken from albertson's and it's it's hot and ready pizza oh my god <laughs> it's like come on don't nobody cook Not no more only that, you gotta have the aluminum foil ready <laughs> yeah yeah we gonna take that out the back yeah but sometimes yeah. you wonder if these people don't know how to cook anymore do they know how to wash their hands i'll just eat the hot and ready i don't want to get sick no i'm just kidding hey. <laughs> I know that was funny because um, that's terrible, but I it's had, true. I was having um, last week with my nephews, and I got into the point of, like the straws and stuff. Uh-huh. And oh, the for the turtles. Yeah. Oh yeah. I showed them an image, and we we went had we were having. I took them to the movies a couple times last week, so we're having lunch with his mom and dad, uh-huh. my brother, and mom's like giving them a straw and stuff and they're like no and the mom the mom's looking at it like why why are you freaking out about a straw and they're like they just didn't want it you know yeah and that's the thing about today is we have to share information that someone doesn't know yeah which will save the headache eventually down the line you know sure and so when i was like but mom's like Freaking out, like, why don't you want a straw? And she's like, well, if you don't have a straw, I'm, you're going to be drinking a cup that's been touched by so many people. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, come on. If there's an A sign from the restaurant, I think that it should be a C if you think that way, you know? Yeah. So it is. So like, long ago, you don't know who peed up the river that you're yeah, drinking out of. <laughs> exactly. I was like, what is it? You know what I do is I go to the restaurant. And I say bring all the bring all the liquid, put it in a bowl, and I drink it like that, like the old. <laughs> no, I'm just oh, kidding. I remember that. I'm just school. kidding. I remember that in high school we had initiations for Costco. Oh no, you guys did that. You guys uh, did that. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> that don't sound good. I wouldn't do that again because we all threw up. My mom was telling me when she was young, uh, you know, they didn't have running water in a lot of the communities they mm-hmm. go to, and they used to have a big, um, like a big bowl with water, right. and people would wash their hands before they went and ate. But then, like, you'd wash your hands, and then the next person would wash their hands. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody washed their hands with the same bowl of water, essentially. Then they throw it out and have the new bowl for the next crowd. But it was like, imagine being the last dude washing your hand with it. Like, that's rough, it, bro. When you do it with good intention. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Remember, the water has a spirit. And if you're able to do it with good intention... Why not use the same water? Like I don't know, man. <laughs> the germophobic is like. True. Oh, I like I the mean, water. Like, the germs. I, I grew up that way. But yeah. I mean, with all my family, yeah, you know, from my dad to my mom to my eight brothers and my sister, we had this little bowl. We all washed our hands and face. Oh, you did that too, then? Jeez. Yeah. That's probably what you know. Honestly, though, I think there's scientific proof that would show like you build up the antibodies and you build up the immunity by sharing germs with each other. You know, and it's not like you're. I don't know. It's just you, you kind of get the I mean, sense that you get like, uh, like I said, germophobic from being in this modern era where you think everything's so sanitized. But real time, like we're getting like disease, we're getting cancer off some of this sanitized lifestyle too. So. Society, like, like they want to make you feel this type of way about, yeah. you know, peanut butter. Like 
since when am I allergic to peanut butter? It's been around for years and centuries, you know. So yeah, none of our Indians have peanut butter allergies, and they're giving out the commods. I don't believe it. Cause they've been giving us peanut butter. They've been giving us like the peanuts with the like yeah. You put like a two pounds of salt in there, and not one peanut has actual salt on it. You know what I mean? And someone told me, oh, we got to melt like butter and then put it on. I was like, what? I just knew when I was a kid, I'd put salt and be like, how come there's no salt on these peanuts? You eat three, and you're just like, you had to like, where's the water, dear? I'll dehydrate it. But it's like, I, I never heard of no peanut allergy back in those days. If so, maybe exactly. somebody's maybe somebody's right. uncle or somebody got sick from that, and they should go and retribute and sue the government for giving them from peanuts when they had a peanut allergy. Yeah. From there on, it's all made up. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, so. nah, I don't know. Then the, the peanut butter spur. I don't know. But there was always a lot of peanut butter in the house from that those Kamad days. The oh, government man, was giving us peanut. Kamad. I guess we didn't have peanut I, allergies. Natives. I don't know. My mom would make the best um, casserole. From all this stuff? Yeah. Hands down. <laughs> Just like um, when the governor gave us the um, blue flower, you know, uh-huh. and the uh, oil and the salt and the... Um, the, uh, is that when you guys started making the Native American tacos, a fry bread? No, I'm just kidding. That's why we're profound. For that. Yes, only the because Indian the fry bread. What, the Native yeah, fry bread. I see that glare. <laughs> the uh, Native American taco. <laughs> now well, it's a Navajo taco. Like not here, it's not. <laughs> no. oh, that's I mean, blasphemy I've, over there. I've been but... around that whole map. <laughs> yeah. The only place that's really close to Navajo taco is in the Iraq. Or a pit river. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So close. I even asked the ladies. I'm like, um, There's probably someone's grandma was Navajo up there. You know what they told me? <laughs> what was that? They said that, um, yeah, we grew up with the, the Dene women. Oh. Like, oh. So do, do you see the similarities? Like, yeah. If you're able to cheat something that you're so good at, you can pass it on. Yeah. You know? And I think that's part of what I'm doing. Like, if I'm able to let people know that if we can get back to this whole running format, you know, mm. where where we once were, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, you know? Yeah, I agree. You know, long ago, they said our people in this region, they would walk on a daily 10 miles just to scope out what was around them. That was like a daily amount of walking. And then the runners, they How were dropping 15, 20 Oh, I don't even know, man. That's so many, right? You don't have a... Um... Uh, no, I don't. I probably should. I, I was doing it on my phone for a while, but then I put my phone down and go walk and forget it's about nine, it, so I forgot. I need to get, get the little watch. 9,753 steps. What is? For every 10 miles. Oh, you oh, you know because you've done it. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's interesting. Ah, okay. Somewhere okay. around there, but... Something like yeah. that, huh? I know that they say that our people used to do that. You know, that was roughly like about what they did, about 10 miles a day. Like everybody. It was just average. Yeah. And then, like, people who ran and whatever, younger or whatever, they'd do way more. Yeah. And the runners would go run, do 10 plus probably another 10, maybe 20 miles a day yeah. on their feet. So, yeah, it's so embedded, embedded in our culture and our DNA. It's like we should be able to pull right back into that at some point. But I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of the youngsters playing sports, uh, playing soccer, playing football, playing, you know, doing cheer, doing dance, all these different random things that are out there, sports, and they are running and they're getting back into it. And you're seeing health kind of making its way back right and that's pretty cool it's empowering because that's what's going to save our people that and trying to eat better because right here on viejas and i might have the numbers off but i know it's like the average age of death is something like in the neighborhood of like 42 to 43 Mm -hmm. years old yet if you go down the street 10 miles away to the little town it's it raises it's up in the 70s so it's like if you lived here versus here which is only you know 10 miles apart 
your average life expectancy raises 30 years. That's crazy. But, you know, a lot of that's because we did live through and a lot of trauma and we did have a lot of, dis- you know, things, diseases. Thing, and That's a great point yeah. that you brought that up because um, right now in our homeland, yeah, like we have stores, but it's all junk food. Yeah. So I went home. Zingers and the ho-hos and the cupcake, all those oh, like yeah, the sweets. So I know I'm all thinking about it right now. I must be getting hungry. <laughs> No, yeah, you're right. Because it's cheap food, though, right? Because it's but easy for a store you know to buy. Do you know what I see on the on the receipt was junk food tax. Oh. So which is kind of cool. I mean, when you're talking about economic like, things, yeah, which is which is nice. But our president, President Nez, um this past year for our um, nomination fair, uh-huh. he imposed that we do um fruits rather candy okay which is great but i was like for if you want to go that far and take the joy away from the kids and do fruits and stuff why don't you go to all the stores and take all this um junk food out yeah because it's basically what you're saying is diabetes and oh man I mean, everything, man. Everything. The salt. Like, we're talking about government food earlier, but that's so salted. It's that's really, high blood pressure. The New Lincoln Natives, we lead, we're leading the nation in diabetes, high blood pressure, heart attacks, stroke. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these crazy, you know, we lead way. The proportion is just so crazy that we're just leading everything and, like, that's harmful to a human body. It's, but, like I said, like, right now, I feel like we're in a time where we can change that. We have the opportunity. We have a little bit more resource. We definitely have the knowledge. And we realize now that all this food that way we're forced to live off of that a lot of it's not traditional yeah it's terrible for our body you know the grains the um you know the the different types of wheat grains that we eat and they all come from a different part of the world where our bodies don't know how to break that down that's yeah. why alcohol is so bad because we didn't have that yeah. that the barley and hops and all that and so our bodies don't break that stuff down like people who come yeah. from eurasia do so yeah it's bad for them too but it's really bad for us we get diabetes our pancreases go out like like gangbusters man and then you can't live without those things. So our bodies are just breaking down mm-hmm. from things that other people in different parts of the world, we, they can they can withstand longer I mean, because we don't have that encoded in our gen- genetics, you know? We're unique. Yeah, absolutely. So if we're unique, they're going to come after the unique ones. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. you know, and that's part of what we're dealing with today is, you know, the, I don't want to say, um, decolonizing colonize, us, you know? Yeah. Genocide. And all Colonize. That. Hey. All that. Hey, there you go. <laughs> it's always the fist in the air. Hey, whatever. Why not yeah, the middle finger? Know. No, I'm just kidding. It's more appropriate. <laughs> hey, you can edit that part. <laughs> <laughs> we'll glue a little finger on your vest, right. but but so, hey, so what do you do then? You're a runner. What do you What are you eating? What's good to eat? What's some good stuff uh, that? What's your regimen look like? And then you said you're on a diet. So what's up with that? My diet right now, I didn't notice, but um, no salt, no sugar. No oil. Okay. I mean, you can have sugar, but it has to be something more natural, uh-huh. like such as um, fruits. Okay. And stuff. So lately, I've been on this like crazy, really, really absurd diet with like lentils and mustard and cilantro and uh, beets. You know, and bears, beets, Battlestar Galactica. Do you feel better with this diet though, or do you feel like it's it? it it actually teaches your mind something. It okay. really, really touches you in a way like, do I really need this um, sandwich? Do I really need this um, piece of, you know, bread? Now my stomach, do you hear it? Nah. 
No, it really does. It, it, it tells your mind that, do I need this? Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, consumers. Like, oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. Yeah, the impulse of buying. really yeah. need that? Probably not. That's why we have so much trash these days. Because you'll buy it and next year you'll have another one. It's kind of like a Christmas tree, you know? You have a tree and then you'll get another one. Where does that tree go? There's no purpose behind it, you know? Yeah. So, as far as the diet, um, it's only because... I want to tell my body where I'm at. So far, it's I'm just really astonished as far as where it's going. Like I don't feel the way it was in 2016 because it was it was a uh, very very hard at times. Yeah. Like I said, like it's only because I was with a bunch of runners and a bunch of people, and there was so much food around. But today, I feel more content than I really have in a long time. Mm. which is great i think we all should be on that level as far as like do i really need this fast food do i really need this um frappuccino do i really need this um you know it's it's something that we have to realize and it's hard i'm not gonna lie it is really hard it's it's something that you have to teach your body which means gonna be your mind your heart your soul you know, your spirituality, your, your your fitness and stuff. So on top of that, I'm running each morning that it tells me that I'm in a good place. That's you know? good, man. Yeah. It's good to hear you're doing good. It's good to hear, you know, um, it's good to hear you're getting pumped up and ready. You got your big event. It's going to be a very spiritual and powerful thing, I believe, you know. And uh, again, that's uh, January, the date on that one again. 17th. 17th. Through the 21st. 21st. We're going to have runners from Utah. Okay. Um, Northern California, Rock, um, Pitt River. We're going to have people from Nevada. We're going to have people from, of course, um, New Mexico. So I'm excited. And these are um, runners that I've ran with. Yeah. In their territory. So I'm very grateful that they're going to come and support. Yeah. And if you want to support this cause, you want to, or if you want to run or you want to, you know, learn more about this reach out to Simon, you know, he's always open to talk to you and share and, you know, I think, and um, help others who are along on that, that path who might want to be on a journey similar and, yeah. you know, and you're living the lifestyle, you know, there's a prayer run or there's something going on um, where you can help others. I always see you kind of go out and, and be there in the mix and share that awareness and, and do that. Yeah. And it's cool, man. I really enjoy seeing that. It's joy seeing you out there running. And so your journey will essentially will have been from the, coastline from the oceans here of san diego you already done the, the leg from there to um flagstaff. to flagstaff and now you're gonna you're gonna pick it back up over there by flagstaff and taking um, it home essentially yeah exactly it's beautiful and do you have a title for this one um yeah it's um the name mmip which means uh, okay. missing murder indigenous people okay i say people's only because uh we have to remember the men that yeah. are also missing Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about not just one, but we're talking about tons of um, young males being missing. I mean, yeah. with my little brother, you know, like, man, it was it was one of the hardest things I had to go through, knowing what I, I stand for, for, like, awareness and stuff. When your significant little sibling, family, it's something you cannot comprehend. You know, it, it, it's... And I understand that because, you know, it, it's it's a hard thing, you know. Yeah. And we gotta remember our men, as well. 
yeah. just as much as the women, you know. So um, this is a Diné MLIP, which um, Sunrise Diné Prayer Run. So uh, hopefully we can wake up in the morning by sunrise and get the run on the road. Ah, <laughs> uh, you'll do it, man. <laughs> time and time again, you've gotten it done, and I know you'll do it again. Hey, I want to thank you for. Uh, Stopping in, and you know, later on down the road, we got to have you back to talk about how everything went. And uh, again, it's 2020. Let's get healthy. Let's get fit. Let's do it. And if you can do it in a, in a good, strong way, man, yeah. why not, right? So, so if you're listening, whether it's a mile, whether it's half a mile, whether you want to get up or not, um, shoot, it's possible. I remember trying to do two miles, and I can do two miles without... Adult, so I think um, passing that message on, anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Live from the letter of ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys have a good one.